0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. On today's episode, it is our first installment of a multi-series. It's fantasy time. Fantasy football season is here, you guys. So Believe in Betting Chicago is going to be breaking down by position our top 10 favorite picks for the fantasy football season coming up. If you want to put a little money on there. You want to draft an amazing fantasy football team. We got you covered. And who else am I going to bring on other than my Teddy guy, my partner, my ride or die, David Ruspoly. It's fantasy Um, football season. It's back, my friend. It's back. For those of you who don't know, me and Dave, we had a little web series called Teddy Guys that I think we just stumbled upon. might be coming up on its 10-year anniversary next year, Dave happy anniversary my friend
1: it's been 10 glorious years that you and i have decided let's just film the thing we talk about the most right
0: yes and we'll and we'll put some makeup and some costumes on while we're at it we did have some costumes didn't we and look this show it went from 80 views to 350 views Back down to 100 views to to, uh, us eventually playing our mothers at the time. It was a really great time. And this is typically one of our favorite times of year, Dave. But obviously, it feels a little bit different this year, doesn't it?
1: It feels a whole lot different, Joey. This is a little scary. This feels like going out on a blind date. And I didn't even look at the profile picture, you know? We're just is, out in the uh, restaurant. What's the Netflix just,
0: show, Dating Around?
1: Yeah, we're just, we're, I'm just looking at the door, Joey. I don't know who's going to walk through. And I tell Hi, you,
0: what, I'm Hayden Hurst. I'm your tight end for the year. Oh, oh Christ.
1: No, thank you. Help it me. just feels like I'm getting to the point now where I'm really starting to dive into football. I'm starting to dive back into fantasy. We're starting to talk about it. I'm doing my research, but it kind of feels like I'm studying for a test. That at any point is going to get canceled because the teacher's too hungover
0: to come to work. That has been the hardest part about any of these sports, right, is there is anticipation leading up to the event. But you have to protect your heart because you sort of feel like you're wasting your time if you spend too much time thinking about it. In fantasy football, look, me and you, we would have been in the lab with a pen and a pad, Dr. Dre style, about three or four weeks ago, starting to look at stuff, talk about things. There'd be preseason games right now. You know, we'd been falling we be falling in love with this year's version of Victor Cruz when he burst on the scene in preseason. What was that? Five, six, seven years ago. Oh, but yeah. That's not really happening right now. We're going to have to go with our instincts a little bit. And so we're going to be doing tight ends today, our top 10 tight ends to draft. And obviously everyone just keep in mind that, you know, we don't have a magic. Eight ball, we don't know the future. We don't know what's going to happen with this NFL season. Cautiously optimistic with cautiously in bold capital letters. But let's just all assume that the season's going to happen without a hitch. So we're here to pick our favorite top tight ends. Dave, I'm going to give you the floor first, man. We're going to go 1-10 to because at this particular uh, position, there's a cream of the crop there, which seems pretty obvious. So who is the number one guy on your board for 2020, the NFL season?
1: I just want to lay out a quick caveat because I know there's a lot of fantasy football players. There's a lot of people that like to check out different sites. Everyone has their favorite expert. There's rankings galore. The fantasy football community is quite flooded at this point. So I just want to say this. This is how I go about ranking players. I'm going to give you my top 10 of the guys I think I will be drafting in that order. So there might be guys that aren't even on my list that may be someone else's number six or seventh tight end, but simply put, I will not be drafting them. Therefore, I don't want your listeners to draft them, Joey.
0: And here's something to think about. And we'll be talking about this as we're going to continue. We're going to go through the wide receivers, the running backs, and the quarterbacks in different pods coming up in the future. But when you're playing fantasy football, there's a couple things to consider. Of course, you want to go out there, and you want to be the smartest guy in the room, and you want to pick this year's breakout star. Or you want to find someone that diamond in the rough, the Aladdin, and put them on your fantasy team, and it makes you look like the smartest dude in the room. But fantasy football is also about minimizing risk. So, you know, some of these guys on there, they have a bit of the name recognition, but there's a couple things that might be able to disappoint you. And the question for fantasy football owners is going to be, are you going to be taking that risk at the tight end position, or are you going to be taking that risk perhaps at another position on your team? You can't take too many risks in too many areas, or else, you know, you're going to end up with a team, you know, <laughs> you're going to end up with a team that might not exactly come together the way that you want it to.
1: Yeah, a lot of these tight ends have proverbial warts on them, Joey. We're just trying to make sure it's not HPV, right? Yes.
0: So let's go do the test. Let's Let's be in the cup, Dave. Let's Let's be in the cup. Let's do it. Here we Uh, go. The first pick, this is going to seem pretty obvious, but who's the number one guy on your board?
1: I mean, it's Travis Kelsey. I mean, this is, to me, I do think there can be an argument here. I think most years it's a slam dunk, but I think we're getting to the point where there's two guys. Obviously, we'll be talking about the other one in a minute. But for me. Here's how he's finished his last four seasons. The tight end one. The tight end one. The tight end two. And and what else? The tight end one. Okay, (laughs) so if if you're a stat guy, I'm going to say this guy's got a pretty good percentage of finishing as the tight end one. Plus, last year he finished as the tight end one, having only five touchdowns. Look, the Chiefs are dominant. And they were missing Patrick Mahomes for a chunk of that last year. I chalk it up to that. There's no way Travis Kelsey only falls in the end zone five times this year. Therefore, I see him having a better season than last year, Joe. I think this Chiefs offense is going to come out guns blazing. I think this is going to be a year in particular where Um, teams that have a lot of the same components they had last season will carry over a lot easier into this season, especially with COVID and no preseason. And I think the Chiefs are going to be one of those teams.
0: Continuity might be key in 2020. And on top of what you're saying already, Pat Mahomes missed four games last year. You know, that kind of means something when you're looking at fantasy numbers. I mean, Travis Kelsey is pretty much as close as you're going to get to a wide receiver from the tight end position, right? Ten games last year, six receptions or more. 13 games of 60 yards or more, 7 games of 90 yards or more. So right there, and in those four years where he was tight end one, tight end one, tight end two, tight end one, he averages 92 receptions a year with 27 touchdowns. I mean, the guy is, a, is also one of the few tight ends that has the most receptions of 20 yards or more. My only question for you is, he's number one. We're both in agreement on that, but we've been looking at ADP recently. And his ADP seems very high. So maybe you can help walk us through or talk about, you know, is his value going to be appropriate to where the ADP is right now? Or perhaps when we're looking at a couple of other guys we're about to mention, they're a little bit more in line with where you would maybe take a stud tight end.
1: Yeah, Joey, I think you hear this all the time in fantasy football, wait on quarterback, wait on quarterback. It's deep. This year, wide receivers are deep. I've always played fantasy football while waiting on tight end. Always. And some years that bites me. Some years it's really frustrating. But the years I hit, I win. Last year I waited on tight end and I got Mark Andrews real late. And then I got Darren Waller in another league real late. Won both those leagues, Joey. I'm just saying right now he's going as the 18th overall player, period. That means that is like, mid to late second round that means you've only gotten one position filled out maybe you're just sitting with one running back at this point point. and the guys he's going around i just don't know if i could choose look we're looking at travis kelsey he's right next to josh jacobs are you telling me that you're gonna select your tight end over getting a possible, possible running
0: in- rushing champ
1: the rushing champ of the year, possibly a stud, a guy going into uh, his second year after having an amazing first year. I just don't know if I can pull the trigger. How about you?
0: I'm right there with you. 18th overall is way too rich of the rich for the blood for me in terms of taking a tight end. You know, at that point, you're just kind of crossing your fingers and hopefully that he slides down to the end of that second round, early third round. And then of course you pounce and I'm high-fiving you all the way back to your seat where you just made your pick. And that's probably why, you know, I, this next guy on our list, George Kittle, number two on our list, perhaps has better value and perhaps can match him in numbers. Maybe not exactly the same, but gets you pretty damn close, right? George Kittle just signed a five year, $75 million deal. He had 10 games of six receptions or more last year. He had eight games of 70 yards or more, you know, 12 games of at least 50. So a pretty decent floor there from what you can expect. Three 100 yard plus games in the last two seasons, 173 catches, 2,430 yards, 10 touchdowns. Now, the ADP is a little bit more in line with what you'd expect from a stud tight end. You know, George Kittle and maybe the guy that we're going to pick next, I kind of like that value a little bit more than where Travis Kelsey is. I feel like Travis Kelsey, as great as he is, is overvalued right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kittle is going right around his range. I mean, I have his ADP at 22nd overall, so you're paying about the same price. In fact, on Yahoo, they have Kittle ranked over Travis Kelsey right now. So I oh, think wow. if you're going to get Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, you're going to be paying a second round price for him, especially in your back home leagues. I mean, they're just big names people. They, they, get, they get nervous in the second round looking at those running backs with question marks and they probably go tight end. Look, George Kittle is a monster and he's on a team right now that is bereft of options to pass to, right? Uh, They have Debo Samuel, who's injured. They seem to have parted ways with a few different wide receivers. I'm just looking at this. I'm like, Brandon Ayuk, rookie, other rookies, Some jamoke I've never heard Well,
0: great offensive line, a quarterback that, let's be honest, took them to the Super Bowl, but wasn't, you know, he was more of a part of the Super Bowl. He didn't lead them to the Super Bowl necessarily. Do you 1,000% trust Jimmy G? Do you 1,000% trust that San Francisco offense all the time? You know, it is a bit of a precarious position. You're not exactly picking up a tight end in the second round who's on an explosive offense.
1: Yeah, but I'll, I'll give you this caveat, Joe. I'm not big into schedules because defenses change year to year. It's proven. It really doesn't end up uh, shaking out the way it did the year before. But that being said, here is his playoff schedule. George Kittle. He plays the Cardinals, who gave up the most fantasy points to tight ends last year. Ooh, Dave, I'm he, smelling something good. He plays Washington football team, It's something- the – Fourth Delicious. most fantasy points
0: last year to tie Hold tight end. on a second.
1: Then he plays the Dallas Cowboys who gave up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. And in the regular schedule, he's going to play Arizona twice. He's going to play the Seahawks twice who actually gave up the third most fantasy points to tight ends. Kittle's going to eat this year.
0: Oof, that is a, that is a winner, winner, chicken dinner kind of playoff schedule And this is what we're here to talk about, right? And this is, you know, obviously we're making these rankings for a particular reason, but the thing that fantasy football owners have to really try and figure out is the proportion of going up and getting these guys in the second and third round, which hurts at the time, but gosh, there is something really nice to just say, man, my tight end position is just locked in cement. Don't have to figure, figure it out. Don't have to waste a waiver claim on some tight end in week seven, week six, week eight. You can play the matchups with wide receivers and running backs all day long. A little bit harder to do with tight ends. It's just sort of nice to have that, that dude in lockstep right there in your lineup and you're not even thinking about it anymore.
1: Yeah, and certainly these are two guys that you have in your lineup. If you have Kelsey or Kittle, you have a huge advantage over your opponent. I mean, the gap is pretty large between a Travis Kelsey and some of these other dudes we're going to be naming. Name anyone else. It's you going mean, to be you mean Trey big.
0: Burton's not going to do it for me yeah. this year,
1: Dave? Yeah, no, I don't know if he's even on a
0: team right now, Joe. Oh, boy, um, oh, boy. So,
1: but let's talk about these other two who are kind of filling out this first tier of these studs.
0: Yeah, who's number three on your list? I think I might know who it is, and he might be my favorite guy on this list this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's the guy that took me right to the promised land last year, Joey. Mark Andrews, I think he deserves to be in this conversation. He has all the tangibles that Kelsey and Kittle does. He's a wide receiver in a tight end body. He runs a ton of wide receiver routes. I think he deserves to be here. I mean, 10 touchdowns. And I watched a lot of Ravens games because I owned a lot of Ravens last year. It was a lot of fun. Fun team to watch. He dropped a few touchdowns. He got overthrown a few touchdowns. I mean, when they got in the red zone, he was Lamar's first choice, his second choice, his third choice, and then Lamar would just run it in. So he looks to Mark Andrews three times before he throws it. They trade away Hayden Hurst. You got to love that. That's going to open up some of those targets. And then let's look at this. Where is he going? 33rd overall.
0: Much more okay. appetizing of a value. From Definitely. A, from a high-end, tight-end perspective.
1: If you're telling me, I mean, because look, I think Mark Andrews could absolutely finish as the tight-end one. Maybe he doesn't get 10 touchdowns, but even if he falls around the eight round, eight Touchdown range. I still think he could get up to nine hundred to a thousand yards. I think he's going to be the main option again in this passing attack. And if you're telling me I can get, you know, two stud running backs, rounds one and round two, and I'm at the turn and I'm looking at Mark Andrews, this is when I might pull the trigger. How about you?
0: I'm right there with you. What's so funny about this is Lamar Jackson, right? Going in the first round, high early second round. The buzz is never higher. People are asking, you know, could he be in line for regression? We've talked in the past about even if he does have a regression, he still is going to be pretty damn good, right? Now look at a guy like Mark Andrews, who personally on this list right here still I don't think has had that career year. Did he have a bit of a breakout year last year? Of course. Can the numbers be even better this year? I think they can, even if he doesn't get to those 10 touchdowns you know, 64 receptions for 852 yards last year. I would like to think that he can meet that, match that, and perhaps surpass it five games of six receptions or more, eight games of 50-plus yards. So even then, great floor to start off right there. And I just think his best days are still ahead of him. And I think that that value, I mean, Mark Anders next year might be overvalued. This year, I think it's right in the sweet spot. Yeah, and
1: Joe, let's not forget, he was playing injured a lot last year. He was questionable for like five weeks with an ankle injury. He had a lot of lower leg injuries. He was playing hurt. And there was a few games where he was literally hobbling, running these routes, still catching touchdowns. But all I'm saying is we give a lot of guys those caveats, right? Like, oh, he was hurt last year. He's going to be even better this year. I don't know why we're not doing that with Mark Andrews. He could absolutely finish as the tight end one. And he's got a very, very high floor so I think he needs to be in that conversation with Kelsey and Kittle and you're getting him at a nice discount price
0: yeah Dave do you remember last year um I forget who the Ravens were playing but Mark Andrews was attacked by a great white shark and he had the shark around his leg and he was on a gurney they were wheeling him off and Lamar Jackson was still looking to throw him the football uh yeah, even with the shark the out, and he football, did actually. and he caught the he touchdown caught it
1: in the back of the ambulance and it was amazing and <laughs> And that's the kind of player I want. You know what I mean? A guy that
0: can survive a shark attack. It just doesn't matter. Lamar Jackson is going to find a way to get him the football. So yeah, that one, two, three right there, fantasy owners, If you hit one of those three guys, you know, as long as you're not doing it in the first round, I'm probably not going to wag my finger at you. I think those are really all solid picks. I'm going to move to number four. And now another guy that, you know, I don't know if you should be picking him in the same area as these first three guys we talked about, but if you get him, Super solid. You're going to be very happy with him. Zach Ertz. And at this point, Zach Ertz is the old faithful on this list, right? I mean, he's the guy that, if you look, he's been consistently doing it for the last several years. Still has the same quarterback that's throwing him the football, the same offense that loves checking down to the tight end. The Eagles have no receivers on their team right now. They are building that position up from scratch, so it's going to be a lot of Miles Sanders. going to be a lot of our boy Ertz. He's averaged 89 receptions in the last four years. Of course, that helps out when you have 116 in 2018. But 26 touchdowns in that span, you know, seven games of 50 plus yards last year, six games of six plus receptions or more. He's kind of a PPR darling. Zach Ertz is my number four. How do you feel about that?
1: I feel great about that, Joe. And I think this feels right. Like, there's a lot of people who I'm sure have Zach Ertz at three. I just think this is the year it makes sense to just drop him one slot because I think last year was best case scenario for Zeckerts. And I think with that year, we still saw his numbers dip. And I don't know if that means he's close to the cliff. You know, we've seen it with a lot of tight ends, although tight end seems to be the one position you can play at like 40 years old. Um, (laughs) But We saw his catches dip from 7.3 to 5.9 last year and I think that's because of the emergence of Dallas Goddard who is a Zach Ertz clone just younger and I think last year might have been a small passing of the torch. I think if this list went to 13 or 14 Joe I think we'd eventually have to talk about Dallas Goddard. I mean the guy put up 500 yards last year which is pretty much the tight end average in fantasy football and I think Carson Wentz is going to have to look to both of them but Zach Ertz is the guy that commands more defensive attention therefore I think Goddard is one-on-one a lot and he's on his own out there a lot and they run a lot of two tight end sets all that being said Joe he's had at least 800 yards every single year he's played Zach Ertz should 100% be the fourth tight end off the board. If you select him, which he's going 48th overall, you are going to talk about value. I think he's the last guy in this tier, and he's a guy you can get in the fifth round. That I I can't say no to.
0: And for that value at 48th, he's great value in PPR leagues. You know, just wait. You know, week eight, week nine, you're going to be playing somebody that has Zach Ertz. You're going to look at the lineup, and you're going to go, he's got 12 catches. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. What the hell, what, what the hell's going on? And, and half of those came in the fourth quarter. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. On that 90-yard drive when they're down by 10 and they score that garbage touchdown, it's going to be 60 yards. They're going to go to Ertz. And you brought a, a great point about Dallas Goddard. And, man, the Eagles are going to be really kind of hard to figure out this year. And I I'll, let me throw this kind of back at you. Love Miles Sanders' value this year. But if you're going, you know, let's just say we're getting into rounds 9, 10, 11, 12. You know, you're starting to look at your bench. You're trying to catch lightning in a bottle a little bit. Let's just say maybe you already have your tight end and you're looking at it and it's a difference between an Eagles wide receiver or Dallas Goddard. Which direction are you going?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Dallas Goddard is a guy I think is going to take a big step forward. I think he's a guy that's going to have more yards, more touchdowns than he did last year. Therefore, I think he's technically probably the number three option on the Eagles. You know, Jalen Rager, I like a lot, but he's a rookie with no preseason and maybe 10 to 12 padded practices total. I just don't think Doug Peterson is going to trot him out there as the number two option behind Ertz. I think it's still going to be the pecking order of, Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders, and then Dallas Goddard. So if you have one of those leagues that has a flex option that allows you to put in a tight end, I love Dallas Goddard. If you're playing in a two tight end league, I love Dallas Goddard. The only thing I'd shy away from is using Dallas Goddard as a Zach Ertz handcuff. And what I mean by that is Picking up guys who are next in line. So if Zach Ertz were to get hurt, oh, now you have Dallas Goddard. I wouldn't recommend doing that. But if I was playing a team, like you said, Joey, in a PPR league, and they had Zach Ertz in the tight end slot and Dallas Goddard as a flex, I'd be pretty nervous because it could be one of those games where Wentz throws to his tight ends
0: 30 times. Yeah, and quick tangent, you mentioned rookies in the NFL this year. And... You know, it's hard enough trying to figure out, you know, sometimes there's a couple of guys that rise to the cream of the crop that make it sort of easy in a fantasy drafting scenario to pick these guys up and put them in your lineup right away. But man, this year is going to be so difficult to figure out one. There aren't too many rookies that already had that promise and that buzz coming into this year. Anyways, that you would think might be fantasy draftable. Second of all, like you said, limited padded practices, no preseason games. On top of that, and this goes especially for tight ends, never draft a rookie tight end. Never, ever, 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 because as talented as they are in history, there is only maybe one example, and I think it's Rob Gronkowski that has ever actually put up numbers that are fantasy worthy from a rookie as a tight end. And that's going to be really tough too. So when you're looking at those Eagles receivers, you know, those first few weeks, if you had that flex opportunity to start two tight ends, I'm not saying do it, but I would maybe rather take a Dallas Goddard than take a Jalen Rager because, as talented as Jalen Rager might be, I just don't think he's going to see the field or have an impact for those first three or four weeks. You know, I would rather have that be someone else's problem or, you know, go to the waiver wire and see if you can kind of figure something out week two, week three. But in terms of drafting on draft day, I'm staying away from rookies as much as I possibly can this year specifically. Hey, Joey. Yeah. Did you feel that? What's that? I, oh wait, I'm feeling I, it. Hold on. What's going on?
1: I wasn't sure if the room was shaking. I I feel like we're on the
0: edge of a cliff. Wait, hold on. Wait, um what's that breeze? Are we falling? It's, yeah, are we shaking. falling? Joey, we're falling. Hold on. I feel the talent. I feel the talent draining. It's gone. Oh, the value oh is gone. The value. We're in a free fall. We're in a free fall, Dave, because after the top four, uh this gets Real interesting. Now, there is a gentleman here at number five. I'm going to let you take this one that had a really solid year last year, but in a situation that is uh, a little questionable. This gentleman at number five, who I think it is, uh, is he going to have a sophomore slump, or do you think he's going to be able to continue to put up the numbers that he did last year?
1: Are we talking about Darren Waller? Yes. You want to talk about wide receivers in a tight end body. This dude is a freak. John Gruden knows it. We all now know it. He was saying it in the preseason. Um, I love this guy's story. Darren Waller's just a guy easy to root for, Um, you know, has been struggling with addiction, got sober, got cut from a bunch of teams. This will actually be his third year in the league, Joe. Um, But just his first year was kind of a wash because of all that. I like Darren Waller where he's going, to be honest. I think we're going to see a fairly similar season. I think he's not going to get 1,100 yards again, but I also don't think he's only going to have three touchdowns. I think he had 117 targets. No way he only falls in the end zone three times this time if he gets near those amount of targets. And again, we're looking at another team. All these tight ends have one thing in common. They are at least top three in their team as far as targets and pass options all the studs we just named that's the factors you want for a tight end and darren waller checks all those boxes right we're talking about rookie wide receivers um henry ruggs uh uh, hunter renfro's in his second year tyrell williams like none of those names are guys that command 100 targets Derek carr likes his little binky his little safety blanket The freak of nature who can burn linebackers up the middle of the field, and that's Darren Waller. So I think we're going to see a similar kind of end to last year. And when you chose Darren Waller last year, you were getting consistency. I loved owning Darren Waller because he was at least 60 yards in the bag, and he'd be like 110, sometimes 130 yards every now and then. I mean, number five, I think you can't go wrong.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to like about Darren Waller, uh, to your point. Nine games of six-plus receptions in a game. Nine games of 60-plus receiving yards. Five 100-plus receiving yard games. And, you know, those are numbers that are really going to get your motor running when you're looking at tight ends in fantasy football. Do I like the offense a whole lot? Do I like Derek Carr a whole lot? No, not really. I love Josh Jacobs. I think he could have a breakout season and maybe Darren Waller can be right there with him. You know, the risk is pretty small. He could take a small step back, but you're right though. He's talented. He's an athletic freak. He can definitely make plays out there. The only one that kind of is making me pause just a little bit is, you know, he had 80 receptions last year. 33 of them came in the first month, had an absolutely huge monster first month of fantasy football. You know, he still had a great year, but didn't necessarily keep it up. So I'm sort of kind of, uh, going back and forth I think five is a great number for him I think if you can get him four five sixth round seventh round oh god if you got him in the seventh round you should skip around the room and I think number five right there is probably a decent move from him and he's probably the last guy I would say I feel I feel confident that he's gonna at least you know not embarrass me out there uh from a fantasy perspective
1: yeah I think If all the guys we just talked about are like the absolute slam dunk studs, the 1As, I think Darren Waller's like the lone 1B, you know? He could easily be in that category, but 65th overall, you're getting a really, you're not paying for Darren Waller at his ceiling. You're kind of paying for him somewhere in the middle, which is where I like to draft guys. Not at their ceiling. I mean, we're not having to pay for 1,100 yards and 117 targets. If you can get them in the sixth, seventh round, you've got a nice squad already, and Darren Waller is going to be a very consistent tight end for you. I do worry about the dip in production, but I think that was just kind of Gruden trying to figure out what kind of offense they were going to run. And I think at the end of the day, when you look at the pecking order, of Derek Carr going through his progressions, who he's going to feel most confident with, I think it's still Darren Waller.
0: Yeah, I I mean, and you, you just brought up a great point too as well is at that ADP value of 65, you know, chances are you are going to have four or five players on your team that you're already excited about. And this is what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. You know, if you already took Travis Kelsey, that means now you're taking a fifth or sixth round value at running back or wide receiver, or maybe you're dipping into the quarterback there. If you're getting Darren Waller around that time, you got four or five players already that you're feeling kind of pretty good about. And now you're adding Darren Waller to the mix, a guy that you think can at least, you know, baseline give you what he gave you last year, maybe not a thousand yards. You know, if he gets you 60 to 70 catches, 800, 900 yards, and let's just say to your point, Dave, he gets maybe a couple more touchdowns, a couple more tutties than those three that he only had last year. Now you're in business. Now your team's looking pretty, pretty solid and pretty fierce. And, you know, we're at 10,000 feet and we're, we're going down fast. We're looking for that plug right there to to bring out the parachute and we can't really find it. And this is where it's going to get crazy. You guys, and you know, these last rankings six through 10, uh, are you know are we putting our names on these by the end of the year it's going to be six through ten exactly no but we're kind of looking at we're looking at value we're looking at upside and at this point you know I'm going to save one of the guys who I like a whole lot but that that it's a little bit your corner he's coming up but so I'm going to go number six right now hit it I'm, I'm going to go Hunter Henry um Hunter Henry always been a really big fan of his Obviously, he dealt with injuries. He missed an entire season two years ago. He came back last year, and when he did come back, it looked like he didn't miss a beat at all. And in a short span of time, had six games of five-plus receptions, four games of 60-plus receiving yards, five touchdowns, 12 games. That's a pretty good start right there. And, you know, health aside, you're always going to worry about NFL players and health, but, you know, and he's not he doesn't have Phillip Rivers anymore, but now he has a quarterback called Tyrod Taylor. And what does Tyrod Taylor love to do? He is a check down. Master, He is a guy that goes back, reads the field, 15 yards down the field, doesn't have it. He's checking the ball down. Hunter Henry is an athletic, big tight end who can make plays after he catches the football and get you a couple extra yards. I could see them leaning on him a lot. I know there's a lot of weapons on the Chargers right now, but I'm more worried about a guy like Mike Williams in that offense with Tyrod Taylor than I am about a guy named Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry is going to have excellent value, so you can wait on him. Number six, I'm going with him.
1: Joy, I love the call. I have him at number seven on my list. And look, I think the Chargers are the most disrespected team in fantasy football right now. Every time I listen to someone on the radio or a podcast, they are telling you to stay away from the Chargers. And to be honest, I don't really understand why.
0: I don't really want to.
1: (laughs) Don't tell (laughs) me what to do, Austin Eckler, baby. (laughs) If you tell me it's hot and not to touch it, I will burn myself. No, I just think, I don't think Phillip Rivers is a great quarterback. And he turns the ball over a ton. And I think Tyrod Taylor is probably the most solid backup in the NFL for the last six years. And he's also been very fantasy-friendly, just like you said, Joe. He targets the tight end five point – or, sorry, he's averaging 5.8 targets a game to the tight end. Like Philip Rivers was only 6.3. So there's not too much of a difference there.
0: Well, and so, real quick, real quick, Tyrod Taylor, I'm sure his pass attempts are vastly lower than Philip Rivers'. You know, if Philip Rivers is 6.2, he's probably chucking the rock 35 times. Tyrod Taylor, 5.8, just a small number below – but maybe he's only throwing the ball 24, 25 times. So you're not losing anything there.
1: Yeah, and it's it's all about efficiency, right? Like, I think Hunter Henry is going to catch more balls, and he's going to have to chase down less defenders who just intercepted the ball. So he's not going to be as tired, <laughs> which is good.
0: Yeah, You know, he's not going to as sad as often he's not going to hurt his hand patting philip rivers on the back after he throws another pick and philip rivers yeah. is like oh shucks and he's like it's okay man it's okay and if we're going to talk about look i'm going to kind
1: of hedge my bets here because i'm going to talk a lot about not wanting to draft guys in new situations with new quarterbacks and all that but this is what tyrod taylor does baby he's next to uh uh keenum <laughs> yeah next to probably keenum he is the one guy who has been traded a ton he knows how to come into a new situation he loves just, a
0: fresh start he
1: loves a fresh start so i feel like this is a guy that knows how to do this step into a new system i really like the value of all the chargers this year i love that i can get hunter henry 76th overall and i think when they get down into the red zone I think that's where Tyrod Taylor is going to be looking. But again, Hunter Henry, the one knock is going to be injuries. And that's why I have him at seven, not six. He scares me a little bit. Uh, The insides are a bit made of twine. But you're looking at a guy that could flirt with 10 touchdowns. And if you can do that in the seventh round, I like it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, they franchised him in the offseason. If he had hit the open market, injuries aside, he might have made more money than, you know, a guy like Austin Hooper, a guy that broke the bank. And, you know, that definitely the talent is there. You're just going to kind of cross your fingers. I believe I did draft him two years ago when he busted his knee and was out for the rest of the year. It sucks. It's no fun. But at the same time, you know, if you're looking for somebody in that seventh or eighth round, this is a little bit of what you're dealing with. You know, there's there are some red flags with all of these guys. So let's go to number seven, Dave, and maybe this is your number six, um, but who's on your board?
1: I got Jared Cook, Joey, and we can make this one short and sweet. We don't got to spend too much time on Jared Cook. He's been kind of a thorn in all of our sides. for Or years we can years. just do
0: him a Jared Cook podcast, do an hour on him some other time, and we could do a teaser for it. But- sure, you <laughs>
1: want to talk about Teddy guys being 10 years old? I think one of our first jokes we ever had <laughs> was a Jared, Jared Cook Cook. Joke. We did. This is very Which means true. we've been talking about him for almost 10 years, and he's burned us for nine of those years. Last year, though, was not one of those years. With Drew Brees under center – He finished as the seventh best tight end. He himself dealt with a little bit of injury. He missed three games. Still finished as the seventh best best tight end. Um, Look, uh, had at least 50 yards or a touchdown in the final 11 games. That right there is the model for consistency. He is first in fantasy points per target amongst all tight ends, meaning target Jared Cook, good things happen. I like him right in this range. You can get him at as the 91st overall fantasy football player this year. Wow. That is tremendous value for a guy who missed 3 games and still finished as a seventh best. I think this is what I'm looking for out of a tight end. I'm just going to set him in there. No, he's on the Saints offense. There's going to be some weeks where he just gets me 5, 6 points. Some weeks he's going to fall into the end zone, but that can be said about pretty much all the names we're about to mention.
0: And the best part about Jared cook is that he's not flashy. There is not a situation where someone's going to be jumping up and grabbing him and thinking that they're super smart. He doesn't come with a lot of flash or pizzazz. You can kind of wait in the weeds a little bit and go in there and grab someone that is solid. Obviously he's in a great offensive situation. Like you said before, seven touchdowns in his final six games Maybe if you're in a PPR league, you know, I don't know necessarily if he has exactly the same value as maybe some of the other guys do. He only had two games of six plus receptions in a game, but he had six games of 50 plus yards. And here's the th- one of them that I thought was really, really interesting. He got off to a really slow start last year and had a very strong finish, which is great. If when you're looking at the back, of the back of the football card, looking at the stats, you're like, oh, that doesn't look super great. Only caught 15 passes in his first six games and then really turned it on as the season went along. That's a plus for me. Also had two 40-yard-plus receptions. He had 15 20-plus-yard receptions. He actually is among the league leaders in tight ends in 40-plus-yard receptions. So, like, to your point, when he catches the football, it is great. Bang for your buck. You know, is he going to get a ton of targets? Maybe not, but he is a red zone threat. He is a guy that when he gets the ball in his hands, he does some damage. And that's kind of what you're looking for, right? I mean, I think the days of Jason Witten's eight catches for 55 yards and, you know, in your tight end position in fantasy, I, I think you need to be looking you, – you can do better out there. You deserve more fantasy football fans. And Jared Cook might be the guy that's going to be giving you a, a lot with maybe – a lot with a little, if that makes any sense.
1: For sure. Jared Cook, for sure, in a pandemic, is the tight end wearing a mask and a visor. It's safe. He's going You're going to get made fun of if you draft him. But guess what? You're not catching COVID.
0: And if you don't draft him this year, guess what? You've got the next 10 years to draft him again because That's he will right. still be around. Just like is Benjamin Watson on a team? We'll find out uh, probably in the next couple of weeks.
1: So Joe, let's go feel to, that
0: you feel that oh, what is what, what is this I'm turning up the heat oh really
1: I'm ready for some hot takes
0: these are gonna get some hot takes these coming. are gonna get super hot man and I'm honestly um I don't mean I don't mean to bite uh your mantisee your darling but I thought you were gonna do it so I'm gonna do it right now at number eight Dave you've converted me on Tyler Higby um I'm converted dude I'm, I'm welcome I when you said it we were talking about Come it you're to trying the dark to, side. <laughs> we're coming up with our top ten list. And I went, Higby, who? Well, you know, I made all sorts of weird, you know, nonsensical noises. But, man, you start diving into the numbers a little bit. And, man, holy shit. Now, the numbers for the full season aren't super great, right? But in six games, his final six games, 48 receptions. In December, five games, 43 receptions, 522 yards two touchdowns in that final five game span, the Rams averaged 29.4 points per game, you know, over that stretch, you know, we're talking a guy at eight right now. Those are numbers that belong in the top two, top three among tight ends. And here's the good news. The Rams were scoring points when Tyler Higbee was catching the football, which means that it's what's good for the goose is good for the gander, man, Tyler Higbee. I'm on board, man. I'm on board. I think it's a super sexy pick. It might be the sexiest pick among the tight ends in this list. I like Tyler Higby.
1: Joey, when I was in sixth grade, I had a really weird thing happening with the teeth. My hair was jacked up. I had a little bit of a gut. And then something happened in seventh grade where I just kind of came into my manhood and I became a handsome man. I was a late bloomer, Joey. Tyler Higby is a late bloomer. In the beginning of the season, he was awkward. He had all the attention was on Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett going was, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the knock on him is Gerald Everett. I hear it a lot. Gerald, Gerald Everett was not there. He was hurt. The Rams spent a high draft pick on Gerald Everett when Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee play. Gerald Everett was targeted more. But Sean McVay is one of the brightest offensive minds in the NFL. He is not a guy who is going to watch the tape from the last half of the Rams season and go, yeah, let's throw the other guy the ball. Not a chance. He saw someone emerge and he's going to be all over it in scheming to get Tyler Higbee open. And Jared Goff is the king of safety. He, I mean, that's why Cooper Cup was Cooper Cup. I mean, on paper, Cooper Cup is not this athletic freak. He's just a guy who Jared Goff has laser beamed onto and gone tunnel vision. This is the guy I'm going to throw the ball to. Brandon Cooks is out of there. He frees up a ton of targets. No way those all go to Josh Reynolds. I see lots of two tight end sets in their future. And I see Tyler Higby, who you can get as the 107th overall player. That's me slurping (laughs) up the dishes. I don't think I'm going to own a lot of Rams because I just watched the first episode of hard knocks and for sure they're getting COVID. I mean (laughs) the amount of times they pulled down their mask to talk about why people should wear their masks was, ah, I was so stressed
0: watching that. Uh, They're all getting COVID, but I'll say You can't put a price on irony, Dave. You can't.
1: If you're telling me I'm in the ninth round, I don't have a tight end. I have every other position in spades. Yeah, I'm going to get Tyler Higbee. The issue is, Joey, Tyler Higbee is kind of this controversial tight end this year, especially in the fantasy community. Some people have him as number four or five. So there might be someone in your league who's a little more savvy who may reach for Tyler Higbee, and then I'd say let them. I don't think you should be trying to pay for Tyler Higbee in his end-of-the-season ceiling. But I think at 107th overall, you're paying for him at his possible floor.
0: And you brought up a great point that, you know, you can put Brandon Cooks on the team, you can put Robert Woods on the team, but Cooper Cup keeps getting targets, right? So this whole Gerald Everett, more talented, bigger, faster, stronger, whatever, it doesn't matter because Sean McVay is going to go with what works for that offense. You know, he does have that Belichick vibe of, you know, we're not just going to, you know, put these guys in, you know, let them run. We're going to keep changing things until something works and clicks. My question for you then is at one Oh seven, you know, how early would you recommend fantasy football owners going up to get Tyler Higby? Because I would probably say as much as we like him, we're talking him up right now, big time, you know, eighth, eighth round might be a little rich for me. You know, I think ninth, 10th round, and hope that maybe he falls maybe a little bit further, and then you look super smart. But fourth or fifth tight end overall, man, minimizing risk, that is a red flag for me.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think with, with all these guys we're about to talk about, I'm not paying a high price for any of them. Because here's the beauty of it, Joe. If I get Tyler Higby in the ninth round, and he, through four weeks, Gerald Everett is getting more targets, then I just drop him. And I pick up Gerald Everett, who probably isn't getting drafted. Or, you know, the 10 other tight ends that are putting up decent numbers. I'm going to pay a price for my tight end. I like to stream them. I'm going to pay a price for my tight end to where it doesn't feel wrong to cut him. If they don't do it, bye-bye, Tyler Higbee. No sweat off my back. But he is a guy who maybe will win your league for you. He has that kind of potential. He was on a ton of fantasy football champion rosters last year. If you look at the Yahoo percentage of people who went to the championship, lots of guys picked up Tyler Higbee late. Uh, The team I faced in the championship had Tyler Higbee. He must have rode him in there. I just think he's a guy that you're paying for his floor, who has a very high ceiling, and there's not a lot of tight ends that can put up 522 and two in five games. 522 is what most tight ends average for the year. That's 17 games. So all I'm saying is, yes, small sample size. Get him at a discount and start the high five train, baby.
0: Yeah, that uh, that sample size is very intriguing um, and intriguing enough to definitely put him on the top 10 list. We're at number nine, Dave. You were up, my friend uh boy oh boy put your hand uh inside of the inside of the black inside of the black box here and see what comes out are you gonna get bit by a scorpion or what what are we what are we feeling around in there for joey
1: this is a i mean i guess you have to put him on this list you have to because if we don't joey this is being recorded correct yes it is how f- this would feel the most foolish to get burned by. You can't, in five weeks into the season, you can't go, oh my God, I can't believe Rob Gronkowski's catching all these touchdowns and act surprised. Yeah. Therefore, he deserves to be in this list. You got to put him. some
0: respect on his fucking name right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, we're talking
1: about, as far as fantasy, maybe even real football tight ends go, the GOAT and fight me in the street for that argument. I think I'm gonna win. Look, there are a few factors here and a a well of caveats. Just keep pulling them up, but here we go. We talked about having some consistency from last year. I want players on teams who have a similar situation To what they had in 2019. I don't love players going to new teams. I don't love players with new quarterbacks, especially in 2020. Rob Gronkowski is going to a new team, but with the only quarterback he's known. And Tom Brady is going to a new team with a ton of people he does not know or have chemistry with, but with the one guy who he's had. The most chemistry with not named Randy Moss, so you're telling me, the Bucks are on the five yard line.
0: Brady's not gonna throw it to Rob Gronkowski. I yeah. mean,
1: come on, that's not gonna happen ten times.
0: Sorry, Cameron Brait and yeah. uh, OJ Howard and yeah. whatever play you drew up, Bruce Arians, when Brady you know goes back to center, he'll recognize something, he'll give a little small subtle signal to Gronk. And he'll know to you know, take those two, three steps, you know, plant that leg, turn around and catch the football. Right. And they're going to do favorite, that all day long.
1: It's his favorite red zone target of all time. And the numbers show that it's just kind of like, look, he's not going to be fun to own. He's not going to be getting a ton of yards. There's he's a walking
0: questionable too. Yeah. Every and
1: yeah, for sure. But like we said, the price on Rob Gronkowski this year isn't a Rob Gronkowski price it's 79th overall that's right in the hunter henry range jared cook range not quite the the higby Higby zone but it's right right by by the cookhouse right by the cookhouse it's in in the cookhouse you know and he's and he's going later than guys like evan ingram who isn't even on our list who we'll get to in a second but look gronk is a guy who's going to have a very hot start mark my words By week three, we'll be going, should Rob Gronkowski have been a top three tight end? He's going to trickle out. That will happen. He's going to slow down. But in those first couple of weeks, when Brady's trying to figure it out, he's going to go with what he trusts. And that guy is named Rob Gronkowski.
0: I love everything you said. The only thing that worries me about it is, I'm not so worried about, is like Gronk in football shape or anything like that. Not super worried about that. I am worried about snap count. Um, he has to be on the field to catch those passes from Tom Brady. Very curious to see how that sort of works itself out. Does it turn into the situation where, you know, in the Patriots in the past, they would try and you know, save Gronk for the playoffs. Is this going to be a situation where they only run him out for certain series? Um, are they going to try and keep him on ice and rotate guys in and out? Kind of tough to sort of figure out and read the tea leaves on that one right there. But just in touchdowns alone, I think Rob Gronkowski can save you. My thing is that 79th value feels fairly appropriate. I will tell you right now, fantasy football owners, you are going to be in drafts with people that are going to make wild, irrational, bad decisions with this gentleman and take him way too early and let them do that. Let that happen.
1: With all the Buccaneers this year, Joey, to be honest.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Every single one. I mean, Mike Evans always goes pretty high. Uh, That always makes sense. But Chris Godwin, as great of a year as he had last year, probably overvalued. Tom Brady, as great as he is, as will always be, overvalued in fantasy football. I'm sorry, you know, the the, the tail is in the tape, not just in the wins, but we're talking fantasy points. Not quite there anymore. And, yeah, you're right. Across the board, I think all those guys are probably going to get overdrafted, even though O.J. Howard seems to be the only guy that's going down. What is that, Dave? Do you think I can draft him five years in a row and have him disappoint me five years in a row? Is it possible? I can try. I I can dare to dream.
1: I think you'll do it. <laughs> Jesus, Look, I think I will there's one too. other factor in the Rob Gronkowski situation that I think needs to be talked about too. It is going to be a constant headache with COVID-19 this year with players. Joey, you and I are playing fantasy baseball right now. It's real. It's happening. Two IL slots have not been enough for my team. <laughs> I've had to drop some serious starting pitchers. All that said, it's going to be a headache for fantasy owners this year for sure. I am going to have to think of certain elements I would normally not think about during my fantasy draft this year. One of them is location. I don't know if I'm on the fence about a player, and it's between guy A and guy B. You go, who's the governor
0: of their state?
1: Yes, (laughs) if guy A lives in Florida, Joey, I'm sorry. It's a hotbed. They're doing nothing. It's a dead zone. It's going to be the walking dead by week three. I'm just staying away from them. I don't know about the bucks. I think then the second factor is, is this guy, a guy who's going to go, I'm going to follow directions. I'm going to stay in this hotel. I'm not going to be a bonehead. Rob Gronkowski is the poster child for boneheads, right? You're telling me Gronk's going to be on a cruise during week two. There's no – his own cruise, which, by the way, he actually has. It's horrible.
0: Yeah, he does, like, body shots off his brothers and shit and has a great time. For
1: sure, Gronk is getting COVID, okay? That's a given. He's going to catch 10 touchdowns and COVID. He's going to catch them all. So, I just think when looking at Rob Gronkowski, he's probably a guy I'm not going to own. I just felt like he he has to be on this list. Or, you know, we'll just get trolled. Yeah, well,
0: you got to put respect in his name. The talent is there. I do see scenarios where he does help you win fantasy games this year. Do I think that he's going to be in all 16 or I'm sorry, all, you know, 12 to 14 of them. No way. Uh, You're going to have to have a backup plan and you know, we're coming to our final uh, 10 list here. We've got some honorable mentions and honestly, you know, if you're going to be thinking about taking Gronkowski, you're going to want to listen to this next section because these other guys are also going to probably be able to help you. And I'm going to go sexy here with this last one because the tight ends, uh, you know, it can be a little nebulous. We don't really know exactly what you're going to get from year to year. So let's go sexy. Uh, let's go sexy. Oh, I like, you see I like where you're that's, going. That's that's brilliant. Sexy. Let's go sexy sexy right now. And here's why, you know, he was a guy that much heralded coming out of college. Didn't do a whole lot last year. 51 receptions, 570 yards, five TDs on a terrible team seven games of at least four receptions. So he was one of the guys on a terrible team that they could at least turn to, you know what I mean? In moments to move the chains and pick up some first downs. And now he's got a guy on the team in Tua. And I'm a big fan of Tua right now. I I do think, you know, will he have as good of a year as he, as Kyler Murray had? I'm not so sure, but I do think, you know, for a young rookie, In a situation where he's going to be running around a little bit, I think Gasecki's a professional tight end who's only on the rise right now. You know, there's a couple. I thought about Austin Hooper for a second, but he just got paid. They got a lot of offensive weapons. He dealt with injuries last year, and I think his best years might be behind him. I think Gasecki's best years are ahead of him. Therefore, I'm going with him at number 10. What do you think?
1: Joey, I love it. I'm nervous about telling the masses about Mike Gasecki because I have just been gobbling him up in every single mock draft I'm doing. He's who I'm targeting. You and I are going to have to fight for him in the, the many, many leagues we have together, because this is, this is my guy this year. This is Mark Andrews last year for me this year. This is the guy we're going to talk about as a top six tight end next year. Mark my words. Why? He was the tight end 11 last year, and he was a real slow starter. He also ranked fourth in air yards amongst tight ends, which is one of my favorite stats. Air yards means he he left a lot of yards on the field, (laughs) and he catches big plays. He was targeted 89 times, which he only converted to 55 catches, which means... He had some bad quarterbacks. It means he
0: had Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing him the football at times. It seems like not
1: just Ryan Fitzpatrick, Joe, you want to talk about consistency. He had Ryan Tannehill throw him passes. He had Josh Rosen throw him passes. And he caught a pass from some guy named Luke folk, who sounds like the guy who leads Bible study. Okay.
0: Look, also sounds like some sort of ailment for your foot uh, that yeah. you're going through a sense of, you're going Dude, through Jordan, a, what is that? Is that? Is that Luke folk? Yeah. It's a weird Luke folk. I got to yeah, get that for checked it. out, bro. Yeah, I'm trying. That's I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the socks on a little bit higher. I'm just going to cover cover, cover the shit up. Yeah. No, a, a very interesting. Uh, a guy. I think that, I think a lot of people are excited about the dolphins offense. You know, obviously a team that's been terrible for the last several years. that's now pointed a little bit more in the right direction and I think the beneficiary of that might be Mike Gasecki. Let me ask you this, though. So we're at 10 with – oh, hop in real quick.
1: Real quick, just two, two points that just bolster the uh, argument for Mike Gusecki. Two opt-outs, huge opt-outs for the Dolphins. Alan Hearns and their other slot receiver. Why am I – Albert I Wilson. Albert Wilson. Thank you, Joe. Two guys who get a lot of targets in the middle of the field. That's where they made their bread and butter. Albert Wilson was their slot guy. That frees up a ton of targets and a ton of targets that they're going to have to now scheme to get the middle of the field working. And that's going to go to Mike Asecki. Remember what I said at the top, those top five tight ends all have one thing in common. They're at least in top three on their teams. As far as targets, they are the, at least second or third passing option to their quarterback. I think Mike Gasecki could potentially be the second because Preston Williams is coming off an injury. He has no chemistry with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mike Gasecki, which I think this is my call, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick starts the first four to five weeks, and we see Tua around week four or six. So I think for those first four weeks, we have Ryan Fitzpatrick back there, and the magic happens with Mike Gusecki and. Devante Parker.
0: It's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. And it's not a bad way to round out the top 10 of our tight ends right here. i believe in betting Chicago. I'm going to throw one out at you. Now we've got a couple of scraps mm-hmm. uh, out there and I'm going to throw kind of a collection of names at you and maybe pick the one that you would probably prefer. Sure. Um, I think a lot of these guys are probably going to be owned at some point uh, during the season, but I'm going to throw a list out at you. We've got uh, Janu Smith on the Titans, Austin Hooper on the Browns, Noah Fant on the Broncos, Evan Ingram on the New York Giants, or Hayden Hurst on the Atlanta Falcons. Out of that group, which one are you probably buying the most?
1: Well, I'm going to just do a process of elimination here, Joey, take you through my thoughts. Evan Ingram was obviously a guy who we talked a lot about off-air, Joey. Tons of talent,
0: super talented dude.
1: He's in everyone else's top 10 list. He's on ESPN's, Yahoo's. His ADP shows that he's being drafted as a top 10 tight end. He's going 74th overall. Ooh,
0: that's crazy
1: high. Joey, he doesn't check any of the boxes. He's coming off injury. Oh, Liz Frank injury, which is not fun to recover from. And I do not believe he is a top three option on that passing attack. I think Golden Tate was one of the most targeted wide receivers in the red zone last year, which is crazy. I think the emergence of Slayton with the sure thing and Sterling Shepard and, oh, yes, some guy named Saquon Barkley. Evan Ingram could be fifth in targets on the Giants, a not good team. No thanks. You mentioned Hayden Hurst. Uh, fun fact: not, not a lot to say about Hayden Hurst. <laughs> no, fun fact. fun fact about Hayden Hurst: he was drafted ahead of Lamar
0: Jackson. <laughs> That's a fact, Joey. Oh man, and and Hayden Hurst is on the list, obviously, because he's now on the Falcons. The Falcons and Matt Ryan, traditionally historically, have uh, you know the tight end position is a major 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 factor Gonzalez, in their, in their offense Hooper.
1: yeah on yes. and on but I just think last year was the best case scenario for Austin Hooper good for him make that money but I just think this is the year we see Calvin Ridley take the step forward I think they have 2,000 yard passers and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley I don't think Hayden Hurst just steps in and becomes Austin Hooper I don't think he's as talented. I don't think he's the same kind of tight end. And, oh, yeah, he got outplayed by two different tight ends on the Ravens. He was, like, the third best tight end on the Ravens. I just don't see it happening. Then we have Austin Hooper, who is a guy who had a great year last year, but like you said earlier in the podcast, I think that was his ceiling. That was the best-case scenario. And oh yeah, he's now on the Browns. Here's who they play: the Ravens twice, the Bengals twice, the Steelers twice. The Bengals and the Steelers were the ninth and tenth best teams against the tight ends last year. The Ravens are always a great defense. No thanks. Just you know,
0: yeah, that's super tough. And and that was the thing is. Austin Hooper's coming off a career season, right? Had a four-game touchdown streak at one point last year. You know, seven games of 50-plus receiving yards, eight games of six-plus receptions. I just can't see a world where he matches and or surpasses those numbers. You know, on on the Browns, I, d- I just can't see it happening. My thing with Evan Ingram is he's one of those players that it, it scares me because he really is a talented dude, and I've I've watched games when he is just tearing defenses apart, and it's really fun to watch. But he just kind of feels like the guy that has the talent but just can't stay on the field for a 16-game schedule. And that is just that is just sometimes the way – Though them's the breaks. You know what I mean? Like he can go out there and catch eight passes for 117 yards, but can his body stand up against a 16-game pounding? And I'm with you. You know, he's probably down on the totem pole of the depth chart. I think they get back to Saquon Barkley this year. Everyone – You know, think Saquon Barkley didn't have a good season last year. He had a good season. It just wasn't an otherworldly season. I think he gets back up into that elite rare air territory this year. So not a big fan of that one. Noah Fant, you know, Noah Fant has talent, but man, so many different weapons on that offense right now. And a quarterback that no one has any single idea of how he is going to fare and actually facilitate and get that football to those weapons. You know, Drew Locke is not going to be drafted by anyone in fantasy drafts, even though their offensive players are. And so Noah Fant, I'm not feeling super great about it's, either.
1: It's one of those, one of these is not like the other. It's like everyone's drafting. Everyone's high on Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Everyone thinks that Jerry Judy could be this year's rookie of the year. And everyone loves Noah Fant. And I'm just going, have you seen Drew Locke throw the ball? And they're getting, getting the football. Game? How now? How? Who? Who? How now, Mr. Cal? Which and brings uh, me to the guy I think I'm going to pick, Joey. You like him. I love him, Joey. He checks all the boxes. John U. Smith. I get it. The Titans don't throw the ball a lot. But he checks the boxes of being a crazy athletic tight end. The guy had four carries for 78 yards last year. That's, he's a tight end, Joey. That's how much of an athletic freak Jonu Smith is. The dude is crazy talented, and I think he's the number two passing option on that team. Corey Davis is hurt. He talked about being hurt most of last year. He kind of totally disappeared. There's A.J. Brown, who's going to command a ton of attention, but still is a guy who only commanded like, 60 70 targets last year maybe they bump him up to become their true number one but we're talking about ryan panahill check down city baby i mean only
0: only needs eight passes only needs eight
1: passes to get it done sometimes delaney walker thrived in that system for years he was like mr number five number six tight end every year and now Janu Smith steps into that role. Delaney Walker is gone. He has a full year to live in that role. He feels like that number 1 tight end and he's a guy who is going after everybody we've talked about so far. So you can yeah. literally be the last person in your league to draft a tight end and end up with Janu Smith who I think cracks the top 10 when all said and done
0: it's an interesting proposition. You look at his numbers, 35 receptions, four hundred thirty-nine yards, three touchdowns. Not great. Right. But at the same time, he's got those, he's got that rushing ability and he did really come on in the end of last year. He was definitely in fantasy lineups, you know, towards the end, even in the fantasy playoffs for a lot of different teams. And a lot of people have different thoughts on who the Titans are, you know, there's a lot of numbers out there where, you know, Derrick Henry is is in line for a regression just because he had such a great year last year. Just because he's in a line for a regression, or maybe Tannehill is, doesn't mean that other players on that team can't step up those complementary pieces and maybe take away some of those, you know, fulfill some of that offensive production right there. So, you know, Johnny Smith, you know, if you're going to wait till the very, very end and you're that guy that goes, look, I do I do tight end defense kicker last three rounds in some order or whatever, and I'm going to figure the rest of it out. Johnny Smith becomes a fantastic pick, and I would easily take him over a Hayden Hurst. I would take him over a Noah Fant right now. Chances are Ingram and Hooper will probably be gone at that point. But, you know, if you're looking, you could obviously do a lot worse, right? And, and then finally, you know, let's just come back to it real quick. O.J. Howard, what, what happens? What happens to O.J. Howard? I mean, he doesn't he, get drafted, right,
1: at all. No, he definitely doesn't get drafted. I don't think he should get drafted. And I think he's just going to be one of those names that we talk about in years to come is like, oh, yeah, he was. I mean, does anybody remember Julius Thomas?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? Big deal. Going to the Jaguars is going to change the complexion of their offense, Dave. They're going to look ooh, different, Dave. Ooh. They're going to look different with him.
1: That's, that's O.J. Howard. He's just a guy we're going to go, oh, yeah, he was supposed to be something. Well, he wasn't.
0: Quick question for you before we get out of here. 12-team league, not owned, but give me a percentage of 1% to 100% the chances of you playing someone this year with Jimmy Graham in their starting lineup at some point. I'd say 100%. (laughs) Because, because we have a lot of Bears fans? <laughs> you know,
1: well, I've played a, a league with a lot of Bears fans. I'll say this, Joey. There's going to be the most waiver activity of all time this year in fantasy football. We're going to see more guys in your starting lineup that you wouldn't normally see. And I think Jimmy Graham is going to have a three-touchdown game. I don't know when it's going to be, which is why I'm not going to own him. I don't want to deal with it. But I guarantee you he's going to make it in the Yahoo waiver column the next day. And there's going to be some dude in your league or gal who's going to pick up Jimmy Graham, start him, and he's going to get zero catches. (laughs) Nothing. He's going to lay a goose egg. But I can tell you, he's going to be in the mix, Joey, and he's going to be like a Watered down version of Rob Gronkowski, where it's either two to three touchdowns and like 25 yards or just 25 yards. And I think that's how we as the Bears should use him.
0: I was going to put it at maybe like a 56%, but you're, you might be right. It might be a little bit higher. Look, he's probably his best value is probably going to be in daily fantasy, right? Because you're going to be trying to play matchups and he's probably going to come at a bargain price. And you're going to look at the numbers and you go, maybe this is the week that he pops it off, right? I think his receptions, I think the days of like him getting 60, 70 receptions is probably over. But I do see a scenario where his yards per catch perhaps could go up this year. I do see a scenario where six to eight touchdowns from him is not out of the realm of possibility. And you're right. There's definitely going to be some weeks where he might have a couple of touchdowns. I think in the red zone, you know, if we don't, have our gimmicky cutesy little plays in the red zone. You know, I think we're going to be looking at tight ends in those situations. Um, Especially if Trubisky is behind center, you know, when they, when the going gets tough, he's, he is a very big target. And I do know that in Matt Nagy's offense, he does love to run a lot of seam routes. Now can Jimmy Graham do that consistently over and over? I don't think so, but I do think there are going to be a couple scenarios where we go, Holy shit, Jimmy Graham for 35 yards down the middle. First down, you know, let's go. That felt pretty good.
1: Here's the thing, Joe. Riddle me this, okay? A lot of teams have success with two tight end sets, okay? The Bears have the ability to have a 15 tight end set, okay? Picture we just it. put him – we put a picture it. Nick Foles hikes the ball. He looks – he surveys the field. Tight end one. No. Covered. tight end two uh, no not open three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven he chucks it down the field and i gotta look at the stat sheet to see who this tight end is
0: <laughs> it's like uh you know it's like the scene in the movies where you know it's the flying v or i don't know if you remember in varsity blues james vanderbeek uh johnny moxon calls for a five wide receiver set yeah. And the and the 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 yokel the dad hicks on the side of the sidelines are going one two three four five, five. <laughs> and he's calling it the okey doke offense and how like Texas Tech runs it and like it was just, it was ahead of its time and I'm with you man the 15 tight end set um you know who do you cover uh Holtz Broniger <laughs> uh Komet just I you know the list just can go on and on. Here's all I'm
1: saying, Joe. To your point earlier, I don't know how long we're going to hang on to Jimmy Graham, but O.J. Howard hits the open market next year. Please come on down, sir. Let me roll out the orange carpet for you, my friend, and welcome to you, Chicago. Here's your Italian beef and your hot dog. Welcome, my friend. Welcome.
0: Yeah. Go catch those three passes for us, will you, buddy? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, just, I'm just such a huge fan of him. I loved watching him at Alabama in college. He literally looked like that tight end that was the wide receiver splice tight end type dude that could take a ball to the house and catch a tough ball across the middle. And it just hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's the wrong situation. Maybe he'll move on, and you know, maybe there's a little bit more going on because I just think he's got too much talent to be as subpar performances he's put up so far in the NFL. And we'll see about Jimmy Graham, all I'll say about fantasy football owners out there, especially Chicago Bears fans, because this is a Chicago podcast. Cole Komet, just, just leave him. Leave him out there. If you're in a dynasty league, I get it. Even in a keeper league, just be honest. I, I think that he's going to be a good football player. But get ready. We are not going to see a lot of him until, I would say, at least you know a week before Halloween, if we are lucky. And then go to the waiver wire maybe put a flyer in at that time. But I would stay away from it.
1: Joe, real quick, before we get out of here, gut call. Who's our starting quarterback week one?
0: Week one, as of right now, it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. As of right now. And I think the leash is going to be very short. And when we say how short is that leash, uh, week two. Halftime, Halftime at week two. If he plays terrible week one, halftime of week two, we make a change. I just feel like the way that it's sort of set up is Trubisky deserves that last chance. We've got the whole continuity factor going on in terms of no preseason games, all of that business. And I think he deserves that one last chance to show that he can win some football games. I think Nick Foles is better served when he comes off the bench, sort of at that moment being thrust into the action. I think when he has a moment to sort of settle in and think about how he's the starter long term, it doesn't seem to really do him a lot of good. And. You know, uh, I mentioned it on a previous pod last night. Guess what? Neither of those guys have ever played a 16-game schedule in either of their entire careers. So Chicago Bears fans need to start wrapping their head around the concept of we probably will see both of them, whether we like it or not. And hopefully just, you know, they're out there just doing enough to help us win some games because I do think that that defense is going to be back this year. I think last year they were good. I think this year they will be great. So that's what I'm looking forward to.
1: I mean, you just convinced me. I think you're right. I think you hit the the nail on the head. I think it's going to be Trubisky. And then I think, you know, week four, we're looking at a little bit of a transition to Foles. Certainly, I tell you what will help. There won't be any fans clamoring for Foles in the stands.
0: Well, right. No boo, no boo birds heading into the locker room if halftime doesn't work out for you. That is going to be a very interesting wrinkle for a dude that seems like Trubisky is battling not just you know accuracy and competency on the field, but he's battling confidence too as well. And I will say this, week one, who do the Bears play? The Detroit Lions. And if there's one thing that we all know about Mitch Trubisky, he owns the Detroit Lions. He is literally still on the Chicago Bears with an opportunity to start in games because of past performances against those Lions. They have an improved defense, but we'll sort of see what happens and see if those past splits work out, them, work out for themselves.
1: Yeah, and Allen Robinson is a guy who just... Owned Darius Slay for years and years. Slay is even gone now, so now we're getting there. Last year's number two cornerback on Allen Robinson. Yeah.
0: Sign me up. Dave, my tighty guy, that's going to do it. This was our first installment of our fantasy football rankings, our breakdown. As drafts are about to happen in the next couple of weeks, this was our top ten tight ends today. We're coming back next week with wide receivers. We're going to get to the running backs. We're going to get to the quarterbacks, too, as well, right here on Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos with my guest today, David Spoli. Thanks for joining me, brother. Uh, what a pleasure, Tony guy. What a pleasure. We're, we're, back. Back. We're, we're back in our sweet zone. And you're strong. Thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. Have a great weekend. We're coming back next week. We are talking NBA playoffs. We are talking Chicago Cubs. And we are talking fantasy football all next week. Jam-packed schedule, so you're going to want to check it out. Thank you for listening to this one, though. And until then, be safe, be kind, be good to each other. We'll talk then.